0: Some of you may be familiar with one of my TV Guilty Pleasures. It's a show called Pawn Stars. If you're not familiar with Pawn Stars, it's like antiques roadshow, only cooler. Imagine a 24-hour pawn shop in Las Vegas, Nevada. Three generations of a family-owned business, and people bring in objects from their grandmother's attic, things that they've had for years, and they try to pawn it. Usually, they try to sell it. Now, imagine for a moment, I'm holding up here a Zippo lighter. Not the disposable kind. We're talking metallic brass Zippo lighter with a metal flint, with a wick, butane. What might the cost, what might the price, the worth of this lighter be? What do you think? Maybe 20 euros? Now, imagine if we took a look at this lighter, and we realized it's not just any old Zippo lighter, it's a World War II Zippo lighter. Now, what might the price be? 100 euros, 200 euros? Now, if we look really closely, we'll notice it's monogrammed. And it's got the monogrammed initials of General George Marshall. And I've got a photo of him smoking a celebratory cigar on D-Day with this lighter. Now, how much is this Zippo lighter worth? 1,000 euros? 2,000 euros? It's the same piece of brass metal, same wick, same butane, same flint. What's different? The story. The story. Right? We don't buy the product, we buy the story that's attached to it. And now, mind you, if you were a World War II memorabilia collector or a Zippo collector, if I said to you, I've got an expert who just said this thing's worth 2,000 euros, I'm going to sell it to you for 1,000 euros. It's a pretty great deal. You'd probably jump on it. But if I went out into the audience and offered that same deal to many of you, how many of you would take the deal? Probably not that many. Because even though we have an expert that says this thing is worth 2,000 euros, the story doesn't mean much to you. What do I need to bother myself with a Zippo lighter from World War II? So, as product designers, as UX designers, as experienced designers, what I want to share with you is the ways that we can look at the underlying narrative to what we're creating, what we're selling, and what we're sharing. Now, telling this story, the story of bringing forward a new product, bringing forward a new innovation, is a tough journey. Getting people to see what you see. Because people actually don't really care about the backstory until you establish relevance, until you get them to feel something. And many people, when it comes to storytelling, think, all right, let's learn how to tell better anecdotes. And certainly, a good anecdote has its place. What I want to share with you is my work on narrative, how you can think as a narrative strategist to advance your work as product designers and as innovators. One of the great venture capitalists, Ben Horowitz, says, a company without a story is usually a company without a strategy. That's narrative. What's the big story of what you do in a way that people get it? immediately. And the obstacle that all of us come up against is disbelief. You see, in classical performance storytelling, you've got an audience and there's an implied contract with your audience. If you're watching theater, if you're watching television, you're reading a book, as an audience you've agreed to suspend your disbelief in exchange for going on a journey and being entertained. In business, you don't have that same implied contract. Instead, we're usually in situations where we're facing skepticism. We're facing cynicism. We're often sitting across the conference table with arms crossed. So what are you selling me today? What's your motivations? So disbelief is what we're all up against, which is why, when we work with storytelling in the context of innovation, we have to approach it from some fresh perspectives. Now, a lot of us think, well, let's just present the facts. If we've got the facts, we have the evidence, of course, people will believe us. Well, how are we doing with climate change? It's amazing how we have the ability to rationalize whatever we want to rationalize through our own filters, isn't it? So, what I've been fascinated with for the last 15 years are some of these questions, the questions of how do you take something that is new and different, something that's breakthrough, disruptive, maybe even world-changing, And how do you translate that into cultural acceptance? And part of what's informed my journey, I'm first and foremost uh, trained as a cultural anthropologist, fascinated with the human experience. Then in my first career, I was a social entrepreneur, applying business principles to social change issues back in the late 90s, so right when the internet took off. And I was looking at the digital divide, how technology would increasingly determine the haves and the have-nots. And boy, I was at the right place at the right time. Very quick, early success. By the age of 23, I was funded by the Rockefeller Foundation and the Ford Foundation. I was advising the U.S. Department of Labor, looking at how technology job training might completely transform our economy. And by the age of 24, epic startup fail. It was that experience of not only the fast success, but more importantly, the epic fail, is what brought me to storytelling. Because let's be honest, innovation isn't easy, much less social innovation. In that example, we were dealing with issues of poverty, with issues of race, with issues of livelihood and work. Big issues to wrestle to the ground. Sometimes it might be a little easier if we were selling cookies selling cupcakes. But no, instead, what are you selling? You're selling something that's pretty complicated. How do you tell that story? So over the last 15 years, I have worked with 34 different industries uh, and companies, as was mentioned, from Google to NASA to Greenpeace. And the work that I have focused on is storytelling for innovation design. For change adoption. We often forget ideas don't sell themselves. So a lot of us as product designers, as UX designers, we're amazing at the research and the insights and how we use data and ethnography to really crack the code on understanding our customers. But now how do you communicate the value of that? How do you articulate that vision to your boss? to your internal stakeholders? How do you drive a business transformation that's asking people to think differently, which means they need to act differently? So the vast majority of our work is supporting the acceleration of innovation inside both big enterprises, as well as high-growth startups. And we do not only corporate training, but I do a lot of narrative strategy which is building the core story that can bring all of your people together around a shared understanding of not only where we're going, but where we're coming from and why it matters. And lastly, we're evangelists for the storytelling movement. So we have an online learning platform. You're all invited to come take part called Story University. We have multiple courses, not only on how to tell an undeniable story for innovation, but also your own career story. Before any business meeting you've been Googled, people experience your story online before they experience you in real life. Right? It's kind of an existential, oh crap. How do you talk about yourself without sounding like a wanker? This is the fear we all have. All right, so as an anthropologist and as an entrepreneur, I learned early on we all are hired for our story. Our ability to influence and inspire others is based on the story. So we have a course on how to write your LinkedIn profile using storytelling principles, especially if you are on the leading edge, doing something that hasn't been done before. So a wide range of different resources, and the work never ceases to stay interesting. Because what are the times we're in? We're inventing the future, right? We're disrupting industries. We are rethinking new possibilities on how to improve the human experience. How many of you are working on something that falls in one of those territories? How do you tell that story? So our common default it is to start with the data. The challenge is data is dead if you start with the data, because people don't have a context for the data, and they don't have an emotional connection to that data, so they don't know how to make sense and meaning of the data. So part of what we teach and what we did in our master class uh, two days ago was we taught our three-step methodology on how to set up your business presentation so that you can bring the data to life. Now, Avinash Shaushik is a digital evangelist at Google. And in addition to his job in digital marketing, he trains over 4,000 Google sales folks in storytelling. Now, he has something really interesting to say about this. You know, many of us have heard we have to take data And we have to turn it into insights. What are the insights that come from this data? Avinash has a different take. It's not about the insights. It's about the out of sight. The out of sight. I really love that. It really connects to our own work, which is you have to start with context, helping people look at your issue from a new perspective. What is out of sight? So, he shares the example of the percentage of in-store purchases that are influenced by digital, okay? In 2011, that was 5%. And just five years later, it's grown to 70%. Wow. Any of us who know numbers, that's a pretty big jump, isn't it? Especially if their audience are Companies that are interested in Google advertising. So this is where he starts the conversation. What is out of sight in presenting that out of sight that might reframe the conversation and how somebody's thinking about the opportunities in front of them? We have to see it. We have to feel it before we can believe it. Now. Let's get into some of the nitty gritty of this real quick, Okay, We often hear about storytelling, and people say, oh, just tell them a story. Well, what actually is a story? I'm going to share with you one of my favorite definitions from one of my friends, Bob Dickman, who says, stories are made of facts wrapped in emotions that compel an action that changes the world. Facts, emotions, action, change. These are some of the basic ingredients to what makes a story. Okay. Pretty solid. Except, remember what I mentioned about data being dead? Right? If you start with the data, your story's dead on arrival. We're starting in an environment of disbelief. So if you start with the facts, it's hard to wrap our hands around that. So I want to present to you a slight reframe of this. Okay? Okay. The world is changing. Start your story here. How is the world changing? Right. What's different in your industry today, or in your category, than it was? 10 years ago, what can you do now that you couldn't have done five or 10 years ago? Use the change in the world as a way to legitimize the value of what you do, okay? So the world's changing, so let's look at this context and let's feel the emotional impact of what are people feeling as things are changing. Then, and only then, do you provide the evidence of the actions that people can take to meet this new reality. You gotta see it, you gotta feel it before you can believe it. Let's be honest, presenting our story around innovation is an exercise in overcoming rejection, in overcoming judgment. How do we do this? Okay. I want to take us to a quick little exercise, okay. help you experience your natural storytelling abilities. So let's talk superheroes for a moment. Your favorite superheroes, Batman, Wonder Woman, Superman, they all have an epic origin story about how they came into their powers. Okay. We forget there are a few superheroes that are born superheroes. Instead, we become superheroes based on the choices we make and the circumstances that we're in. Okay. So I'll tell you a little bit about my own origin story. I was a nerd long before it was cool to be a nerd, right. Remember those days? We didn't know better days were coming, did we? Right. This was me. Okay. I grew up in Switzerland as a kid, first nine years of my life. And when I was nine years old, my family moved to a foreign land. Los Angeles, California. I'm still recovering. <laughs> right. And so, can you imagine Swiss leader boy? in surfer-skater culture, Southern California. Okay. Painful. Painful, painful, painful. Okay. But then I would go home. Okay. And at home, our home was an exploratorium. There are no rules on what or how to create. There's no one saying you can't do that, it's too crazy, or we've already tried that before. There's only imagination, the everyday materials of life, and our willingness to explore them. This was the motto on the wall of my home. See, my dad is a mad scientist and inventor. My mom is a teacher, artist, and toy designer. So this was my childhood, building worlds out of materials, out of junk, that we would pick up at rummage sales. Naturally telling stories. So I developed a deep appreciation for the power of story early on. And I also saw the challenges that innovators, creatives, inventors have with sharing their gifts with the world. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to think for a quick moment. I want you to think about where were you born and raised? Who were your parents? What have you studied in life? What are you most curious about? Right. What's the riddle you're trying to solve when you think about your work as a designer, right? as a UX professional, as a digital officer? What's the riddle you're trying to solve? Okay. And I'm gonna ask you, I want you to team up with somebody sitting next to you. I'm gonna give you one minute each to share your story. Okay? Go. First person, just turn to someone next to you and share your story. You've got one minute. Second person, second person now share. You've got one minute. Second person, go. Okay, time is up. Bring your shares to a close. Notice how you're feeling right now. Any of you discover invisible lines of connection? Unexpected parts of your story that you shared with your partner that was part of their story too? We're naturally hardwired as human beings to find ourselves in each other. But it only happens when we're actually asked and invited to reveal a part of ourselves. Okay. This is the power of story. Okay. Notice as you were sharing with each other the ways in which your partner might have painted a picture so you could see part of their world. Notice if you felt something, where and how were you moved? And lastly, notice how their ability to get you to see and feel allowed you to ultimately believe wow, this person's an interesting person. This is someone I want to get to know more. This is someone that we share some things in common. Okay? We are experience. Seeking storytelling machines. Okay. This is the power of narrative, especially at a time when we are all building new worlds. Right? We're inventing the future, creating new possibilities. Okay. At the heart of this, the DNA source code of all of our interactions, of every product, of every relationship, and of every experience are the stories that we share with each other. Mm -hmm. So I hope you take that with you as you go out into the world and bringing forward the gifts of your work. And I invite you, come visit getstoried.com. We have a wealth of resources for you. We are on a mission to help the world think in narrative. And I look forward to seeing you tell your bigger story. Thanks.